With Long Island local news on Tuesday, September 12th, 2023, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLI WFM. New York Governor Kathy Hochul yesterday on the 22nd anniversary of the September 11th attacks signed bills intended to increase awareness of federal aid programs for survivors and rename part of a hot bog roadway to honor a Port Authority police officer from the hamlet who died of cancer after working at Ground Zero. The notification law is designed to benefit a pool of hundreds of thousands of people who were not uh, first responders after the attacks but worked in parts of lower Manhattan and northern Brooklyn, and therefore may be eligible for federal compensation and health care programs. It requires businesses near the World Trade Center that had people return after the attacks to notify them of their potential eligibility for the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund and the World Trade Center Health Program. Nicholas Spengler reporting on Newsday.com that the law covers businesses with 50 or more employees who worked in the disaster area between September 11th. Uh, 2001 and May 2002. Quote, New York remains committed to honoring the legacy of those lost and providing resources for victims and their loved ones, said Hochul, after Monday's signing ceremony in New York City. In that release, bill sponsors State Senator Brian Kavanaugh, Democrat from Manhattan, said the law is intended to help Quote, workers, including retail employees, cleanup workers, office workers, building services staff, and others who were in the vicinity of the World Trade Center during and after the horrific 9-11 terrorist attacks and who may experience WTC-related illnesses, end quote. The World Trade Center Health Program provides monitoring and treatment for people with WTC-related illnesses. The 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund makes payments based on a victim's estimated lost earnings and other non-economic losses. In other news, pot's been legal in New York for more than two years, but its first authorized vendors keep getting caught in limbo. Serena Triangle reporting on Newsday.com that more than 460 retail licenses have been issued across the state, yet only 23 firms have opened dispensaries or launched a dis- uh, delivery service, according to the website of the State Office of Cannabis Management, which oversees the industry. Just one of the three dozen businesses licensed on Long Island has opened a dispensary, with most licensees saying they can't find locations due to zoning restrictions. Now, two lawsuits have put their progress on hold. They argue that under the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, the state measure that legalized cannabis, the initial retail license application period, must be open to everyone at the same time. The group asked the court to declare the conditional adult use retail dispensaries uh, license unconstitutional and immediately open dispensary applications to everyone. New York state regulators are expected to vote today on creating additional types of licenses. Their decision may influence what happens Friday when the two court cases are scheduled to resume before state Supreme Court Justice Kevin Bryant. And finally, next Monday at the Riverhead Free Library, a volunteer who worked the southern border will clear up the many misunderstandings of who is applying, why, and what it takes to enter the United States, exploring the experiences of thousands of asylum seekers coming to the country in search of a better life. This coming Monday evening, September 18th, the Riverhead Free Library shines a light on understanding what the asylum process looks like through the experiences of a volunteer who served at the southern border. She'll share stories of the men, women, and children who came to the border, sometimes with only the clothes on their backs, and the long, complicated, and challenging process of gaining entry. What the asylum process looks like, scheduled again Monday, September 18th at 6 p.m. at the Riverhead Free Library. That's 330 Court Street in Riverhead, the public is invited to attend. Uh, reading the weather, I believe Mastic in honor of Flower Bud Bakery's Christina Tovar joining us for the Tasty Tuesday segment underwritten by Southampton Arts Center looking like a mostly sunny Tuesday with a high near 80 degrees. West wind around 5 miles per hour. Tonight, a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m. Increasing clouds 
with a low around 68 degrees, southwest wind around 6 miles per hour. Right now, it's 73 degrees, and I have an apology all lined up for you. I apologize for not cutting the track before our HCP kicked off under the bridge. Nothing worse than a track you love getting started and then cutting out. So going back to the 1991 record, Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic, we've got Robin Schultz's uh, Sugar, the title track of his 2015 record featuring Francesco Yates on deck after that before. Probably my favorite Sugar track of all time, and that's Talking Heads, Sugar on My Tongue. Uh, R.E.M.'s Tongue from the Monster record before. Another favorite track of mine, uh, a favorite from when I was probably a senior in high school, um, Monster Hospital by Metric with Punk Rock Sweater, uh, the band Hospital, uh, before Weezer's Undone Sweater Song. It's a throwback edition of The Heart. I put this playlist together for you four years ago today. September 12th. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Red Hot Chili Peppers. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love.
exactly how to tantalize. She's out to get you, danger by design. Cool bloody fixin', she don't compromise. She's something mystical and colored lights. So far from typical, but take my advice. Before you play with fire, do think twice. And if you get burned, don't be In the ceiling, oh baby, it's the ultimate feeling. You got me lifted, feeling so gifted. Sugar, how you get so fly? Sugar, how you get so fly? Oh, sugar, how you get so fly? Sugar, sugar, how you get so fly? Oh, sugar, how you get so fly? Getting goofy in the WLIWFM studio from Robert Schultz to Talking Heads. You get it all here on WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love on 88.3 and 96.9 FM. Streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio. Right there. 
right, little talking heads leading us into the Tasty Tuesday segment underwritten by Southampton Arts Center. I have to correct myself. I read the weather in Mastic, but Flower Bud Bakery is in East Mariches, welcoming on Flower Buds. Christina Tovar, welcome to the Hi. show. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We are grateful to have you and very great, excited to try <laughs> your products. I will be uh, yeah. I will be a new customer. Recommendations, what are some of the hottest items, uh, especially right now as we enter into fall? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's not really a fall item. It's a staple on our menu uh, is the almond croissant. Ooh. I can never keep up with the production of those. Yeah. <laughs> we go through so many of them. People love um, croissants. They just do. I know. That's what we specialize in uh, croissants and breakfast pastries mostly. And then I've been expanding the menu into some lunch items. So right now I'm getting this really beautiful um, broccoli rabe from Early Girl Farms. So we're doing a broccoli rabe sandwich with some camembert cheese on a baguette that we make and caramelized onions. So that's coming in for the fall season. Right oh my now. God. I was like, all good. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting that for lunch today. Uh, when, so when. <laughs> so, when do I was you... just going to say our hours were not open today, but okay. our hours are Thursday through Sunday. Got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Noted, noted. But when will <laughs> when will you begin serving that? Um, so we actually started on Saturday this past weekend, and I thought, I was like, oh, I made enough for the next two days are open. We sold out of them on Saturday. Yeah, I'm so not... We'll have them again on Thursday. I am not at all um, surprised. I'll be there. Right. Yeah. When do you open? Just so I know. So, so we're open at eight. We're okay. eight to three um, Thursdays through sa- uh, Saturdays, and okay. then eight thirty to one on Sundays. Okay. All right. I may have to come yeah. on the weekend because of uh, I'm usually commuting to the to the stations, but it always depends. Mm-hmm. Um, I am so excited to start to test some of your stuff out. So it, it sounds like you collaborate with some local farmers and we love to hear that. Yes. I I I've lived on Long Island my whole life. I love what we grow here. It stinks in the winter cuz there's not a lot of options, but in the summer, oh my gosh, the tomatoes, the just the melon we get, every like the summer squash and then going into the fall with the Long Island cheese pumpkins and right. the, you know the butternut squash and the hearty kale and stuff like that. I love it. Oh my gosh, it sounds so good. So how did you get started in the business? Um, so I went to Suffolk Community College originally for art. Okay. Uh, I was going to go to art school after that in Brooklyn, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with an art degree. So I ended up going back to Suffolk. They had a culinary and pastry program. Um, yeah, they have a really, they have a great a... one, and, and I, I remember speaking to someone that they... In Riverhead. Yes, have yeah, like... it's a really great program. And how was it? You know, were they able to place you? Like, uh, did they help you find jobs at, out of school and whatnot? Um, they could have. They had the opportunity to do that. I just kind of ended up Doing bouncing around and seeing where I wanted. Yeah, where I wanted to land. A friend of mine was going to be a server at a uh, Tom Clicky was opening Topping Rose House. Right. Um, and that was probably one of my first like big name jobs that I had gotten. So I was working there for a little while. But before that, I was like right out of college. I was working at like a bakery in Sayville and I worked in some catering halls and stuff like that doing like plating and whatnot. So what was, what Um, was that? What was it like working at Topping Rose? I always thought it was so cool because you, don't you, is is the, the, uh, the kitchen in the basement? How does it work? I know there's like an elevator system. Yeah, so we had, it was definitely in the basement. It was kind of weird because I would go in in the morning, and then on my long days, I would go in the morning, it was dark, and then I would leave, and it was dark, oh. so that was kind of weird. It's like when you go um, when you but, go to the movies, and it's daytime, and you come out, and it's night. And it's nighttime, exactly. <laughs> um, but I loved it. It's I think it's where I got my exposure to, like, working seasonally. We had a one-acre farm on property. I don't know what the state of Topping Rose is right now, but even by the time I had left, um, Jean George had taken over, and... Uh, there's like a one acre farm on property. So we would go out in the morning and like pick what we needed and um, use that for our menus and our specials and stuff like that. It was really, it was very cool. Very eye opening, I would say. And, and what did you, you know, how did it, what was your next steps after Topping Rose? Um, I worked at a bakery in East Hampton for some time. I did plating as a pastry cook at the Montauk Yacht Club. 
Nice. I was kind of bounced around all over. I ended up becoming the pastry chef for a little while at Gurney's. Uh, in Ooh, what was that like? It was cool. They had their own. This is the first time I ever worked in a pastry station that was large because okay. I feel like pastry is often forgotten about. Um, and so it was like they had their own separate kitchen. It was huge because a lot of pastry stations I've worked on is like maybe a two-foot table, and that's about all you got. And then you got your oven behind you and a fridge. Um, Claudia Fleming yeah, would not really be happy cool. to hear that pastry is often forgot about. So I know. So and 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 what was it that made you take the leap to doing your own thing? Um, I mean, like most people, recently opening their own businesses. The pandemic. I was working for a um, company called Discovery Land Company in West Hampton Beach, and they had closed my property when the pandemic hit. And so they transferred me upstate to one of their other properties. And so I was commuting um, on the weekends, like two days a week I was coming home. So it was a two and a half hour drive because my husband's on Long Island. My house is on Long Island. My family's on Long Island. So like for me to be working upstate was kind of crazy. Right. Um, so I was like, let me open my own business and maybe that'll be conducive to where I live and, you know, my lifestyle and all that stuff. I love I this story because there was yeah. there was so there were a lot of people like and I imagine that might have been um, partially a little bit of a uh, hiccup, but maybe not uh, because a lot of people got into the baking scene. Right. And starting their mm-hmm. own business through the pandemic. But I love it, especially for you, because this is something that you were doing and you were you were already uh, really working at. It and it kind of gave you the kick in the pants to start your own business. Uh, but yeah. I mean, what was it, what was it like in the early days or was it just like, you know, uh, obviously the quality was there, but it w- regardless, it's challenging to start your own business. Tell me about yeah. the early days of flower bud. Uh, so early days of flower, Bud, I started in my house. A friend of mine was like, you know, you can do this from your home. And I was like, no way. Cause I had tried looking into loans to get a, like a kitchen space or whatever, a commercial kitchen space, and they're quite expensive. Um, so I had looked into doing it in my house, and I got a New York State, state license, and I was just working out of my home oven and, like, my kitchen and my pantry and stuff. How did that? How long did it take before that became untenable? How long until what? I'm sorry. How long until you basically probably couldn't keep up with the demand and – you know, uh, this and the space was just not working. Oh, um, I would say like six months. Wow. So like pretty quickly because yes. I had just a regular, regular oven, like right. nothing crazy. Right. Um, and which actually ended up breaking a couple times I because it's not imagine. made for commercial right. use and right. high quality, like high um, volume and stuff like that. So it was a uh, it was a lot. This is a cool story, though. And so yeah. and so how did it happen? Um, you know, I, I have to imagine there maybe there are more brick and mortar opportunities nowadays uh, because of the way uh, the changes uh, to uh, commercial and how everything's going digital. It's 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 not no matter what you need kitchen space. Did you ever try a, a, any of the incubators or did you just go? straight to your own commercial kitchen so i looked into the incubators by the time you end up like you can make it very affordable um by renting by the hour and bringing your ingredients back and forth Mm -hmm. um but to me i feel like that would be a little bit unsettling because you're constantly like did i forget this i forget that and so you can rent space there but then it ends up being about the same amount you would be paying in rent for your own space right um so i like kind of held out as long as long as i could and I ended up being in my home, I'd say about three years, and then finally found like a space with the right septic system that I needed and the right amount of space and like just that was overall affordable um, to start as like a new company. Um, and so I like kind of held out and like expanded my kitchen a little bit at home and like we made a my pantry bigger and like got a commercial oven, put it in like a small commercial oven, put it in my garage, like kind of expanded out my home operation as much as I could mm-hmm. so that I could like accommodate the large volume that I was doing until I was able to like get my own space. And when did you ultimately open the doors in East Mauritius? 
Um, we did like a pop-up for Memorial Weekend this past year. Okay. So it was like May 2023. Okay. We've been open just a short time. And how has it been? It's been great. It really has been. It's like the response to the community has been awesome. Like people are just so cool and they're really excited that we're there. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun. Um, Just having more creativity because you are limited in what you can make with the home processing license. Like everything has to be shelf stable. Whereas now I can do, um, I can do sandwiches because I have a refrigerator and I can do um, like fruit tarts and stuff like that because I have refrigeration. And so it's, and then I have like a large walk-in fridge, which I have more room to do just more things. I love this. It's you're you are t- you're totally blossoming, uh, which is cute because yeah. it goes with kind of goes with flower the flower bud. bud. But yeah. but you know, I imagine it's it's probably spelled F L O U R though, right? Oh yeah, because I love a good pun. Yes, <laughs> that's very punny. We can't yeah. wait to visit you. Where are you? Um, sir, one. Oh, sorry, we're at 130 Montauk Highway. Um, it's right across the street from the airport. Okay. I know yeah. where you are. All right, we're going to come visit you. Thursday, right? Definitely. You'll be opening uh, yep. in two days? Thursday at 8 a.m. Yeah, we'll and when do you there. close? Uh, we close at 3 right now. Okay. I'm hoping to expand our hours. I'm sure, like everyone, it's a little difficult hiring. Um, so once we put, like, the right staff in place and everything, I'd love to expand on, like, how long we're open and dive more into like the lunchy items and uh, maybe open another day a week, which would be nice. So, where, where can we find you online? Uh, com, or we're on Instagram and Facebook. Check it out. Is it at Flowerbud Bakery? Yep. Yeah, at Flowerbud Bakery. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Christina Tovar at Flowerbud Bakery or find their website and Facebook page. Uh, I'm going to play a little REM. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you just heard the Tasty Tuesday segment underwritten by Southampton Arts Center here on the weekday morning midnight show, The Heart of the East End on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
And now for something completely different. A little metric on WLIWFM. nearly two decades later. I'm going to bunny hop past Hospital's punk rock sweater and play the sweater song. Weezer on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. WLIWFM.
Bunny hopping and cherry picking in the last 12 minutes of the show. Big thanks to our guests this morning, Marilyn Holstein and Christina Tovar of Sag Harbor Chamber of Commerce and Flower Bud Bakery. I want a girl with a mind like a diamond. I'm Gianna Volpe. I want a girl who knows what's best. The heart of the East End. I want a girl with shoes that cut. On WLI WFM. Long Island. She's playing with her jewelry. Only.
cake for you. We'll lead you into the NPR news break with Ashley McBride and Frank Turner, the jacket and going nowhere. Hope you won't go anywhere. Stick with us here on WLIWFM. It's got a hole in the elbow, bandana pocket, silver button missing from the snap at the bottom. I said, had things seen better days. Daddy, you should toss it. He just said, darling, I can't This thing is 2,000 bonfires A hitchhike to Boulder It's kept a million raindrops Off your mama's shoulders My heart on my sleeve My life in these patches Then he wrapped his arms around me In that old jean jacket It's been a bed for a hound dog, a picnic blanket. There's blood on the collar from a punk who tried to take it from me. Seen Willie Nelson play four or five states. The best thing Levi ever made. We strung four miles of barbed wire in Corinth, Mississippi. Spent a night in county jail with an old Feel his arms around me in that old jean jacket. Jean jacket. From Ashley McBride's the jacket from the girl going nowhere record to frank turner's going nowhere from the be more kind record of 2018 thank you for listening to the heart morning and midnight show we'll be back at midnight tonight and again tomorrow live at 9 a.m when you're just a stone's throw from where you started and you're going nowhere 906 when everything you had that was solid is melted into air after NPR News. When you walked your fingers down to the bone but didn't get your fair share. I'll be there, in there like swimwear. 
Hoping that the sentiment survives. I'm like your record player. I'm like an armchair. I'm going nowhere. 